0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the River Radio Let's Talk Business Show with me, Sophie Comas, and my co-host, Lindsay Wright. On today's show, we're really excited to be joined by Naomi Riches, MBE, Marlowe's very own gold medal winning Paralympian. Naomi won gold in Paralympic rowing at London 2012, and we're really looking forward to hearing more about her inspirational story. On today's show, we're going to be finding out a bit more about Naomi's journey from playground to podium, learning more about how she applies her experience to the world of business, discussing some of the similarities between sporting and the business success. Plus, Naomi's going to share some great music tracks with us. But before we bring um, Naomi on, Lindsay, hello, good good afternoon to you. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Nice to see you again, Sophie. How's things? Yeah, good, thank you. So dare I ask, have you started to prepare for Christmas yet?
1: Oh, Yeah. My daughter opened her advent calendar this morning, first Excellent. one, and she is desperate to put the Christmas tree up, so uh, I'm trying to push her into the weekend, but uh, yes, we are well on the way. We're definitely feeling festive in our house. How Excellent. about you? Excellent.
0: Yeah, well, I think we're a step ahead of you, so um, our tree is up. We have Christmas lights up. We are wow. Christmas go in our house. <laughs>
1: Fabulous.
2: We, Fabulous. Um,
0: we're, we're hoping, although um, with changes and things this morning, it may scupper our plans, but we're hoping to go away just after Christmas, so things generally come come down early as well so that's why that's why we um we, we like to put the tree up a little bit early so nice excellent say <laughs> so, naomi hello good afternoon
3: welcome Good afternoon lovely to be here
0: oh it's amazing to have you here as well how's your
3: week been week's been good it's only wednesday and i've packed a lot into it so far so (laughs) um, I don't mean I don't like to be the one that looks forward to the weekend but I I love a weekend break so I can just uh, recharge those batteries and get going again the following Monday.
0: Excellent no sounds good I think there's something definitely about Wednesday lunchtime Mm. I think you definitely mentioned that Lindsay at one point to me that Wednesday was definitely the halfway point.
1: Well I I always used to call it hump day (laughs) once you get through Wednesday lunchtime you're Mm. over the hump into into the end of the week then it feels like you're heading closer to the weekend than you were.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that thinking that's brilliant so Naomi um an amazing journey I'm looking forward to hearing more about that this afternoon um how did it all start for you how did you get into rowing
3: how did I get into rowing well it kind of found me um to be honest I was never a fan of sport at school um I struggled Hugely with it because being visually impaired in a mainstream school and having not really having the support I needed, I was not a sporty child um, school wise. Although outside school, you couldn't sit me down for too long watching telly, I was always (laughs) active doing something, you know, building things out in the garden or painting drawing on bricks or playing with mics. I was just like always, always busy, always doing something. Excellent. Um, And it was just at uh, when I was at university, although not connected with the university, that I got a phone call from a man called Simon who said, Naomi, you're tall, you're visually impaired and you're a girl and we need girls with disabilities in the disabled drawing team. Can you come and trial? And I went, "Mm, yeah, sure. (laughs) Thinking, don't know where that's going to lead. And loved it. Fell in love with the sport straight away. It's actually something that as a family we'd always watch um when it came to the olympics when i was a kid um you know because it was a tall sport and we're a tall family and it just it was you know it it always held a bit of fascination for me Mm. um so when i got the opportunity and was told you know four months time you could go to the world championships and you could get gb kit i thought well i'm going to give this a cracking good go because that sounds amazing (laughs) um so yeah that's that's it really and the rest is history that was 2004 my god that's so long ago
1: that it does feel like a long time ago yeah it really does It really does. And you were, I mean, you talked there about being in a mainstream school Mm. with a a visual impairment. And I I know from previous conversations, you were diagnosed when you were really young, really young. How, how did that affect you in your early years? And then, as you say, not interested in sport, but how did that impact you? So uh,
3: it's funny, because I've
1: always had my
3: visual impairment, I forget half the Mm. time until people say oh can you see that oh no I can't see that oh yeah Yeah. I remember now (laughs) um but but my mum and dad knew from a very young age or well not from their young age obviously my young age that Mm. things were going to be a challenge and that things were going to have to be put into place for me to be able to succeed that perhaps other Mm. children wouldn't need um and you know they, they fought hard to make sure that all those things were put in place in mainstream school which was a challenge because mm. you know and I, anyone out there listening will probably agree that the integration of disability into mainstream school mm. in the 80s and 90s was a blooming challenge yeah. um, because people didn't understand or have the time and technology was nowhere near where it is now so mm. actually providing the facilities needed was nigh on impossible really mm. um, and yeah mainstream school was a bit hellish at times mm. um so just to describe my eyesight to you i have no cones on my retina so that means that i can't see any color at all um everything is every single shade of gray you can possibly imagine right you know from white through the way, right the way through to black um and, but i can tell the difference between warm and cold colors but then i struggle with mm. bright light so the brighter it is the less i can see okay. so put me in a you know wow. dusk and dawn perfect i'm great with dusk and dawn put me in bright sunlight and my eyesight detail and everything reduces to probably 50 percent of what you guys can see ordinarily so trying to get me to you know hit a tennis ball or you know catch a rugby ball or whatever it was just it just didn't happen at school at all and they just I was one child in a school of 800 and therefore I was not as important as the rest Mm. I was one tiny number and they didn't put in the effort Mm. there are a few teachers that were amazing and I will always you know think of them incredibly fondly but yeah not all of them
1: so then I'm I'm guessing linking that back to rowing what you were just saying about tennis balls I can absolutely see that sort of hand-eye coordination would would be Mm. a challenge but so was it something about a team sport or the fact that you essentially just learn what you need to do and, and yeah. you do it in rhythm with everyone else? It's, that yeah, makes it's rhythm,
3: it a- it's sound, it's somebody else does the steering. <laughs> it's yeah. it's all good. And yeah. also, you know, my coordination is horrific, actually. Um, my coordination is pretty bad. But your feet are attached to the boat and you don't have to do anything except slide your bottom backwards and forwards and just do something different with your hands. And I can just about manage that. <laughs> like,
0: so I, just, I reckon you can probably do that quite well, though. Yeah, no, i that.
2: No,
0: <laughs> was there anybody in your especially when you were starting out in your um your journey to, to to of your achievements is there anybody that kind of stood out for you that sort of inspired you? you mentioned a couple of teachers there and obviously maybe a, a little bit of a chance conversation with, with somebody but is there anybody that kind of really inspired you to to achieve everything that you have achieved
3: it's funny've I've never been one of those people that's looked at uh sort of celebrities or Sports people and gone, I, I need to be like them or hold them as, as a sort of an aspirational kind of figure, but or an inspirational figure. But I do, I tend to, it's people I know, it's mm-hmm. people that I'm close mm-hmm. to that I've seen them and I've understood the more personal side of their struggle, not just the side that they've decided to publish to the press or, you know, or, or that people get to see. So often it, it's been close friends um, mm-hmm. or relatives that have been through something or that were struggling and actually having that more personal emotional relationship with them has enabled me to be more to, to connect more with their story and and they inspire me day to day you know my my mum inspires me my dad inspires me my stepmum mm. inspires me all the, the people that I'm closest to inspire me in, in their own little way mm. um for things and that's sort of yeah it always been the case people around me the ones that I'm closest to that's mm. awesome that's
0: I love incredible
1: that. yeah yeah so just taking you back to rowing and this chance opportunity, getting in a boat, absolutely loving it. I could wear a Team GB kit in yeah. six months time. Everyone loves a bit of Team GB stash. Oh, <laughs> well, I have some at home Oi. and I love my Paralympic uh, hey. Team GB <laughs> kit, actually. Um, but but there, was, there was clearly a point at which that was suddenly achievable for you because... Mm you, you got gold in London 2012. So what, at what point in your journey did you know that that was where you were heading and that was what you wanted to do?
3: In 2005, we won the, yeah, 2005, we won the bid for the London games. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was at that point that I thought I need to be on that start line. Wow. I've been rowing for a year and a half. I'm world champion that's a weird sentence isn't it right for a year and a half <laughs> no, and no, more no. anyway um and I thought that's where I need to be and I have no idea how I'm going to get there mm. but we'd also just been announced as a new Paralympic sport so I knew it was possible um that was what seven seven years one month and 28 days you can tell I've done the math <laughs> um that comes up in a, in a in a story or two um and I had a long-term goal Um, And I didn't know what was going to happen on the way to that goal. Mm. And lots of things did happen, lots of challenges, lots of highlights, lots of very low lights, you know, um, along the way. But having that that burning ambition to be there one day. Mm. And I think a lot of that was actually driven from my school experience, knowing that one of my teachers had been overheard at my GCSE certificate evening, saying to the person next to her, that's the blind girl from my class unfortunately we have to have girls like that at our school that's how unimportant I was oh wow having that not realizing it it was a fire in my belly that that I needed to prove wrong and I didn't know how I was going to do it and then I realized that London was that was was that opportunity Mm. and I had to get there and I was just determined to to make it to the London final star line that's somehow
0: That's amazing and what what was the, what was the best part of of your journey? I mean that certainly sound, sounds yeah. like an inspiration and a um a driver if ever I heard of one but absolutely mm. what was what's kind of the best part of your journey oh, to best the podium? part.
3: there are so many different parts the podium bit in itself was just amazing um <laughs> I don't think I stopped smiling for about six months to be honest um but for me the the best bit was in two thousand and ten um I was not selective for the squad because somebody turned up at rowing. He was absolutely phenomenal athlete. And I went back to my school self of comparing myself very directly to this girl. I needed to be like her, as good as her, as fit as her, as fast as her, the same size quads as best six pack and, you know, all the kind of stuff I needed. I was just constantly trying to be like her, which was what I did at school, constantly trying to be like other people to fit in which didn't work it didn't work in 2010 either because I wasted all my energy comparing myself to this girl I couldn't be her she wasn't going to be me I couldn't control what she was doing she couldn't control what I was doing and I just totally lost sight of it so she beat me to a seat in the boat for New Zealand World Championships and I was basically right go back and train at your local rowing club and go away and and come back better for trials in a few months time which is like well how do you do that without the British mm. rowing support mm. fortunately I had the most incredible support from one of the coaches in particular at Marlow Rowing Club called John Gill who gave me hours of his time mm. and encouragement and his, you know a pair of ears to listen when I talked a mm. person to just tell me off when I was getting a bit wussy about something he's like oh, just woman he was Scottish you know He just <laughs> tell me to get on with it get on with it woman
2: <laughs> okay. um
3: and I started to realize my own potential because I, I wasn't around anybody else I was used to being in the team environment up until that point and I wasn't around anyone and the only person that was telling me I was doing well was John or looking at my scores and realizing that I was getting faster on the rowing machine weekly daily I was getting better in my single my my boat on the river I was lifting mm-hmm. heavier in the weight room I was lighter on the scale so my power to weight ratio was was better and I started to prove to myself that me on my own as an athlete is really good because Mm -hmm. the evidence is there and one thing he said to me one day I turned up to training and he took one look at me he said are you okay I was like no I'm really really struggling today and he said you know let's sack off the training 20k on the water who wants to it's February let's go to (laughs) you know let's go to Starbucks and I think we spent about four and a half hours in there and had a lot of coffee and a lot of cake (laughs) but it was it was more useful for him to just listen Mm. and help me realize that on my own I was a really good athlete and I needed to believe in that. And I needed not to compare myself to the people around me. It's not a like for like. I'm the best in the world at being me. She was the best in the world at being Mm -hmm. her. Mm. You can't compare the two. And, you know, having, I think that the phrase he used that really stuck was take the emotion out of it and look at the facts.
2: Mm.
3: And that's something that I say to so many people now, and it's sometimes really hard to do. I can't Mm. always do it right. You know,
2: Mm.
3: sometimes I do get so wrapped up in the emotion And I forget to look at the facts, but, you know, get yourself a piece of paper, divide the paper in two and write the good stuff and the bad stuff factually on the bit of paper. Make it really obvious for yourself Mm. and start to believe in the facts and and try and get rid of the emotion. And that made such a difference to me. So that little personal win of Mm. believing in myself and believing in my ability was probably, I'd say I'm as proud of that as I am of the gold medal but it's a very different sort of proud
0: yeah that that whole mindset piece I Mm. imagine um you know when you watch or when I watch sports people on television I'm thinking tennis here in particular you the kind of the mindset piece is almost half half you know ability is one thing but actually it's the mindset and listening to you speak and and hearing your I want to be on that start line Mm. for 2012 Mm. that right there you know speaks volumes because that determination you you can hear it now in your voice (laughs) it just it it, that I can see that was the driver and you know that journey in between making that decision and achieving that must have been really tough that you
3: know the mindset piece that you've just described definitely definitely and you know the head the the mind does they'll often get the better of me you know Mm. and you know, I think there's a, a thing on <laughs> is it on TikTok or Reels or something at the moment where it's, it's an American voice saying, you know, some days a girl will, will cry, she'll, you know, she'll need a coffee, she'll need to stay in bed all day, but she will come back stronger. And, uh, you know, and that applies to everybody, guy, mm. girl, you know, whatever. It's, it's a case of, yeah, you'll have those bad days, accept mm. them, mm. acknowledge them, give yourself permission to have them. Mm. But then look at the facts and look mm. at where you are. And look at what you've achieved and yeah. look at where you want to go
0: that's great advice and i think you can you know kind of both of our, Lindsay and i we both all of us actually mm. work for with small businesses and that can absolutely i think be the case it can be really tough if mm. you're just starting out in particular and taking that that kind of journey and experience you've you've shared there that yeah. can very much be the case if you're a small business owner starting Definitely. out or struggling or things aren't quite going as you want them to that that kind of approach and yeah. mindset of going you know what where's the where's the you know where are the facts mm. what are the positives and and then kind of capturing the negatives and acknowledging them but going mm. you know what I'm going to change that tomorrow I think that's a yeah, really really good skill and you to can't always everywhere. do that
3: on your own. And don't ever expect to do it on your own. I mean, without John Gill, I never would have discovered that side of me. Mm -hmm. He was that, that, he was a rowing, absolute rowing, you know, you know, cut him in half and you'll see Marlow rowing club colours. You know, he's (laughs) he's like, he's just, he's a rower through and through. But also he just listened at the right Mm -hmm. time. Mm-hmm. In the right way and ask the right questions, and sometimes you need somebody else to bounce those things off. You don't have to do it all on your own. Yeah, that you is know. true. Um, Definitely. So make sure you 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 figure out who it
1: is. Who's that? Who's your John Gill? Who's your Gill? Who's your <laughs> Mister Gill? So
3: yeah,
1: I, I um, think that's really important, Naomi. And I think as as well back to the small business piece that you were just saying, Sophie. I think all too often when you're running a small business, you are on your own and Mm. and you do feel a little bit isolated and you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes. And so having that network network and that, that personal people who you can bounce ideas or who can challenge you and just make you think differently. The other thing that's interesting for me about what you've just been talking about, and it, it resonates really personally, actually, there is nothing more powerful than somebody telling you you can't.
2: Mm -hmm. to make you
1: think you can (laughs) so I I remember when I was in freshers week at university and I had a a boyfriend who had been to Oxbridge and had been a rower and I quite liked the idea of rowing and he said to me you're a girl you can't row oh wow ouch yeah (laughs) freshers week straight right where's this rowing club went straight to the (laughs) rowing club table I'm like sign me up now thank you very much And that was it. I rode for university and and rode in (laughs) inter-university races, made it to the first squad and... Absolutely loved it, and it was driven because he told me I couldn't. Wow! And, and and
0: I, I didn't know you rode actually,
3: Lindsay. So there
1: oh, you go. Wow. I, I
3: learned
0: something this new about you yeah, today as <laughs> well. I'm
1: super passionate about. I mean, I don't do it now, unfortunately, but I'm very well, passionate it's about never rowing. Never too
3: late to start again. I know. I know. It, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, really it's recruiting. My, recruiting. It's my favorite. Going <laughs> to <yeah, laughs> have
0: you signed up by okay, the time we finish it.
3: the show.
1: Be <laughs> your new year's resolution. I just do dog walks around Dorney Lake and watch everyone else rowing. That's fine.
0: <laughs> excellent so what um so I mean obviously I think Lindsay you mentioned about this gold post box in Milo High Street mm. I hadn't I hadn't seen that actually mm. haven't yeah. you perhaps I've just ah. not walked the full length of the high street but how do you, how do you how does it feel when you walk up and down the
3: high street I love, it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it it makes me smile and um I do still find people saying oh I think it's Steve Redgrave." it's not you know <laughs> it's mine, um and I've had this conversation with the lovely Sir Steve Redgrave a few times before, and um yeah he he sort of chuckles about it as well, so um it's I think it doesn't just it is whilst it might have a plaque with my name on it, I think a lot of it is about just Marlow as a town and and how mm. it supports its local champions in whatever. Yeah arena the champions are champions in mm. you know um I think it sort of symbolizes quite a bit about the Marlow community anyway and yeah. I, I just love isn't, it isn't
0: Isn't isn't um and Church and Buckinghamshire the home of the Paralympics anyway yes it is yeah. mm-hmm. and
3: in terms of the um, Straight Mandeville Hospital it's yes. yes. the birthplace birthplace of the Paralympics and it says it on the sign as you come over the bridge into the town mm. it'll say Buckinghamshire birthplace, birthplace of the Paralympics mm. um, so excellent yeah. so Bucks double, double whammy then double whammy excellent Yeah, oh Bucks.
1: Woo. yeah. <laughs> and, and actually to that point about Marlow we we have a history of rowing in Marlow as mm-hmm. you, you mentioned yeah, Sir absolutely. Steve and yeah. Matthew Pinson I yeah. know was a member of the Leander Club I think in yeah. in yeah. Henley exactly. so this area we have we have bred some real mm. rowing talent yeah. Yeah. I haven't think we?
3: Leander Definitely. are responsible for something like 170 Olympic and Paralympic medals since when since they started as a club wow they wow. are they are like you know the the the, the center of excellence for where well, you know um but Marlow Rowing Club also have an awful lot. i need to find out the numbers actually sorry for any marlowe and club listeners that i don't know that i should i should go away and do my <laughs> research because i think we're responsible for quite a few as well yeah excellent um, so that's yeah. good yeah so that's naomi
0: fantastic. we've um over the last couple of weeks we've um we've been introducing into the show a bit of a quick fire quiz um Ooh. so just like so those. that the, the listeners can find out a bit about you um it's all right, don't worry. They're not difficult questions at
3: all. <laughs> Slight, I know am worried. slightly, it's
0: slightly yeah. concerned. No, surely not. No, um, but yeah, it just helps the listeners to find out a little yeah, bit more about you. Yeah, so really quick one. Um, do you like Marmite? Yes. I like?
3: didn't used to.
0: Ah. I've actually <laughs>
3: trained myself to like Marmite. Somebody bought me Marmite for Christmas and it had my name on it where it said Marmite instead, you know. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I've got to start trying it now. And now I love it. Excellent. Marmite and cheese sandwiches. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, do you know what? I'm <laughs> the same?
0: I never used to like Marmite, but I'm I'm like yeah. you,
3: so yeah, growing
0: to like it. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, blur or oasis?
3: <gasps> oh, oasis! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Football or rugby? Rugby. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Cats. Beach or t-
3: um city break? Oh no, depends the mood I'm in. I think. Both? Can't have both. <laughs> no, you can't city, have both. A city that's got a beach. <laughs>
0: so, so like Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona yeah. or Nice or something like that. All right, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you go with okay, that one. Cool. Um, and then milk chocolate or dark chocolate?
3: Oh, heart says milk chocolate. Healthy side of me says dark chocolate. You can't have both. Dark. That's all I have at home, dark. Okay. Dark chocolate. All right.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right. And right your final fun fact. Uh-huh. Tell us one unusual thing about you. Which people won't know. <laughs> um, fun fact. Oh crikey, fun fact.
3: I don't know. Oh, I, hmm. <laughs> I used to do a bit of backing singing in a band that my one of my a boyfriend that I had when I was in my late teens, early twenties sang in, and I he occasionally got me to do backing vocals. Oh. oh, God, That's I can feel good. myself going red at the door. <laughs> Closet That's, singer. Yeah. I love it. I'll, 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 I, can hold, a a tune. I can hold a tune, but I've got absolutely no oomph whatsoever. So, there we go. Not
1: sure about that. So, in this part of the show, we. Uh, often like to recommend podcasts or books to our listeners, and I think this week, Sophie, you've got a book recommendation for us, haven't you? Yeah, so um, it's actually a little series of books. Um, so
0: it's a, a series of books called The um, Go Giver, and they're just some really nice stories just really capturing some of the ethos and logic behind why networking works and coming back to what we were talking about earlier a bit actually around the whole support element of of small business owners and it very much captures the idea of if you give the more you give the more you get back Um, and there's some really nice a really nice couple of little stories around that so Mm -hmm. I thought it was worth just sharing that so if there's any of our listeners who perhaps are a bit stuck with things especially as we kind of come to the end of 2020 starting to think about 2022 actually those sort of inspirational stories can really help us to to perhaps kind of reframe things and what you were you know Mm. coming back to what you were saying Naomi as well about sometimes you just need a different perspective on things to keep going it's just a really nice story so and they're really quick and easy to read I think I read them in about two hours each Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know not really arduous and sit by your bedside for for hours and if you're time poor then they're, they're really quick and easy to to um to read through so yeah that would be, that would be and my and
1: what what do you think your the, the biggest takeaway for you Sophie from reading the the Go Giver? What's the biggest sort of lesson you've learnt?
0: I think it's to I think it's to think about actually how you can help others and I think if Mm. if there's any small business owners that network then that's probably something that comes quite naturally to them as well but that idea of you know how can I help if you're looking Mm. to connect with somebody or you're looking for somebody or you need some help with something how can I help you do that who do I know in in my connections or with my contacts or or can I do that myself can I help you with a bit of marketing or you know something that might take me a few minutes but might take you forever so Mm. it's just thinking about how you can help and support those around you and and building your network to do that so
3: it's like what we were saying earlier on about you don't always have to do it on your own and when Mm, you are a small business and you are involved in networking you wake up one morning and you realize you're everything from the cleaner to the ceo of your business (laughs) and it gets a little bit overwhelming Mm. and there are people around you that have all the skills that you don't that you can tap into but you know being that even just something as simple as as i was saying about john gill being that pair of ears sometimes Mm. to listen Mm. um and you give and it will keep it will eventually, even if it doesn't come from the person you gave to, it will come back. Yeah. You know, so don't, don't think you're going to give and receive in equal measure all the time, but it will come back to you, Mm. you know, and I think that's a really, really strong, you know, really strong part of the networking world. Excellent. Mm.
0: So Naomi, thank you for sharing a bit about your, your journey. Um, Really inspiring to hear some of the things you had to share there. So thank you very much. Um, You've recommended a couple of tracks for us this afternoon. So really looking forward to hearing those. So the first one I think we were going to play is Paradise by Coldplay. So is there a reason... oh only because
3: they were at the closing ceremony at 2012 and i just (laughs) remember singing my heart out and i remember with my arm around dave who was in my boat and the camera came up to us and we're just you can literally on the closing ceremony footage you can see us for about a second and a half belting out this song and waving our medals around and it just it's such a great memory for me
1: excellent fabulous so here we are paradise by coldplay And welcome back. You're listening to Sophie Kermas and Lindsay Wright on the River Radio Let's Talk Business show. Thanks for listening in today. And today we are joined by Naomi Riches, our very own Paralympian. So so far we've talked a little bit to Naomi about her journey to a gold medal and some of the stories. But don't forget, if you've missed part of today's show, you can listen again or catch up via the website River or will be available as a podcast via Alexa, Apple, Google. And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions having on the show today please do drop us an email to sophie at river.radio. So Naomi we do have a couple of questions that a couple of listeners have emailed
0: into you um, into or for us to ask you I should <laughs> say. Um, so the first one is Chris from Wiltshire has asked what's the best way to approach and speak to someone with sight loss?
3: That's a really good question and actually it covers all disabilities I think in my mind rather than just sight loss mm-hmm. but it people people are people and they don't understand and know everything and you can't ever expect them to and i think a lot of the disabled world needs to remember that as well that not everybody intends to it intends offense or to you know to be difficult so i think some of it's got to come from from the disabled community being more open minded to the fact that people do just want to know and understand but the best thing i've found is you know to to talk to people um is to say, just just ask open questions like, is, let me know if you need any, or not even a question, let me know if I can help you, or let me know if you need any support with something. Or just say, would you mind telling me about your disability and what, what it means, you know, for, for you. Not what it means you can't do, mm. or, you know, mm. any of that, but what it means. You know, just just keep it open-ended. Don't mm. presuppose it's a problem. Don't presuppose they don't know how to deal with it. Don't, you know, any of that. just mm. Just keep things really normal. Mm. you know um Mm. and and you know just yeah just let me know if there's anything I can do can you tell me about your disability do you mind if I ask you about your disability Mm. and and what it means um yeah let me know if you need to see all that kind of stuff is just very very simple Mm. you're not making any assumptions um Mm. you know and I just think that is the nicest and easiest way to do it
1: Okay, I think that's great advice, and I think sometimes there's a fear of saying the wrong thing, so people they don't so say people anything. Say nothing. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. I had a brilliant, um,
3: <laughs> brilliant experience once. I was in Marks and Spencer's coming back from London. It was winter. I went to buy some wine, obviously, and um, <laughs> I was looking very intently at the labels with my sunglasses on because supermarket lighting is really bright and glarey. And as mm-hmm. I said earlier on, my sight is worse when it's bright. But of course, it was dark outside, and I have. I use a white stick not a full length cane but um, a, a symbol cane and it was tucked down you know between my handbag and my coat and my laptop case and stuff like that and I was looking at these glass really intently these bottles of wine And this guy went it's not that bright in here you know so I tickled mm. the inside of his knee with the end of my white stick, and he <laughs> went bright red. Apparently, I don't know; I can't see, but his face <laughs> changed colour, and um, and yeah, I said, "Don't don't worry about it. Just don't assume. Sometimes, you know, just." Mm. And I thought he's going to leave a lot more educated than he came into this this shop. <laughs> um, and he, he ended up following me around the shop and said, "Can I buy you the wine? I feel so awful." I'm yeah, of course you can. Thanks very <laughs> much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it just. It, people could get on their high horse and get all offended about that and there's mm. no point it's your chance to educate somebody who doesn't know take that chance you know as people mm. with disabilities are best place to educate others
0: mm. that's good advice
3: yeah
0: um tracy from windsor has asked what was it like to stand on the podium at london
3: 2012 in front of your home crowd amazing um i think for me it was a shame because i when when i was these aren't the rules anymore but um when visually impaired people were racing they had to wear goggles which blacked out all their vision so i did it with absolutely no vision at all and when i take them off it's like everything's too over bright so i can't really remember seeing much (laughs) um but yeah it's funny a lot of my memories actually come from looking at the photographs and the video Hmm. of it happening but it was very surreal the um, noise must have been amazing. Oh, the noise was phenomenal. The dawny mm. roar, as it was mm. so lovingly named, um, was incredible. The energy was just phenomenal. Um, and I was just so proud. I was so relieved more than anything. I was like, mm. oh, thank God. Thank God we'd managed, <laughs> we did what we set out to do. But then I was just incredibly proud. I don't think I've ever smiled so much in my life my face mm. was hurting you know when you smile so much that your yeah. cheeks start to ache um, yeah no it was, oh, it, was, it was incredible once in a lifetime experience definitely Amazing.
1: I was lucky enough to get tickets for a lot of rowing at yeah. Dorney um, because we the company I worked with sponsored the uh, Olympics and the Paralympic Games uh-huh. and so we, we got a lot of tickets and we also worked with the British Paralympic Association so Brilliant. got a lot of tickets there and it. the rowing as you say the Dorney was phenomenal. It and did something to the water as well. Yeah, from
3: both sides, and that sort of sound just reverberates off the surface of the yeah. water. And it's almost—I think Dame Catherine Granger said—that the water almost seemed to fizz with mm. the energy of everyone. Hollering, mm. you know, mm. and knowing that the majority of the crowd is hollering for you mm. is is pretty phenomenal. So I was yeah.
1: on the finish line when Dame Catherine won her gold. Oh, amazing! I was what sat on the on the finish line as yeah. they as they came in. She is yeah. yeah. one phenomenal human being. Mm, incredible, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: incredible. We, we, I was quite lucky the company I work for sponsored the Olympics as well and um, I didn't get tickets through them but we got the flame that came to the offices um, oh, some nice. of the guys wow. in the office ran ran with that and we, yeah. we did actually get some tickets to um, to the athletics mm. at LLI but then yeah. my husband who's super lucky managed to get tickets to the three day eventing because <gasps> equestrian's my thing so oh, we wow. got to see the cross country awesome. took the boys went to, got to see the rowing we could walk there from mm. home so yeah. yeah it was just a phenomenal experience Can I just
3: say to anyone out there listening who was involved either as a games maker or just as a member of the crowd or just yelling at your television, I absolutely am convinced we could feel that positive energy in the air. The whole country just seemed to be just taken over by Mm -hmm. Olympic and Paralympic fever and it would not have been so special without the support of everyone out there that got involved. So it was
1: electric. You. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I count myself incredibly lucky. I was on maternity leave that year. <laughs> so my, my daughter Good was timing. born in, in April. So I spent the whole summer with a three-month-old baby watching more television than I've ever watched before. <laughs> it was That's the awesome. best year. <laughs> but hard to believe it's nearly 10 years ago. I know. I yeah.
0: can't believe that. Incredible, isn't it? No, it
1: feels like only yesterday in does. some I know. Way, so I know. so um, there was another question emailed in, mm-hmm. uh, Naomi, which I thought was a really interesting one. So Punit from Henley has emailed in to say his son is visually impaired, yep. but loves sports, mm-hmm. is at primary school. Yep. What can they do to encourage him? What advice would you give him? Ooh.
3: Okay, that is it's that is hard. Um, I'm sorry, it's not a, a straightforward answer because that all depends on his visual impairment, okay, and and what he can and can't see. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with me having no color vision, you say there's an orange ball. Well, that's not going to help, mm. you know. Um, and it, but I think it's okay finding out what he likes, finding yep. out what he's most passionate about in terms of sport. If he's into it at all, mm-hmm. um, and finding out what—literally, ha- just have a conversation. What works? Can you see this if I stand here? Can you see that if mm-hmm. we're—you know—would you prefer indoor stuff to outdoor stuff? You just got to have a conversation. It's always about conversation because the only person who's going to tell you if it works or if it doesn't is going to be your son.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice. I it's think just
3: just have a conversation. Yeah. Get time with a PE teacher after mm-hmm. school one day, and make it an ordinary, normal conversation make it make it feel that the teacher's not having to go out of their way
2: mm.
3: I remember once uh because I struggled with rounders really skinny bat, really small ball mm. so they gave me a size three football and a tennis racket how to make a girl stand out from the crowd yeah. oh, so and it, I felt different and that's one of the things it's really hard to do but it's one of the things that's most important is do not make the child with a disability feel that you're having to make them an exception mm you know get everyone yeah. to play in that way if you're going to do it yeah. or you know so i think that's one of the things yeah. just keep the conversation open
1: and one of the things i think we're very lucky about now particularly since london 2012 mm. is there's such a lot of sports clubs for yes. young people that um who have disabilities to encourage this to encourage yeah. them to try different things and yeah. to see what they're yeah. capable of so i guess Absolutely. i guess some advice will be to look at what's local that yes. you can join
3: mm. and also yeah with that tr- say yes to trying new things Mm. because you know I I don't know what I didn't try when I was little I did rock climbing I did all sorts of stuff I mean my poor parents (laughs) um I remember that they were I went on a rock climbing course for a day up in Yorkshire because my dad's um family are all in Yorkshire and we spent lots of summer up there and um so I did this rock climbing course and I found out afterwards that mum and dad went and hid in the long grass basically all day watching me <laughs> to make sure i was okay and they came across two other sets of parents doing exactly the same thing um <laughs> also, you know so yeah. just just let let him try as many things as he wants to mm. and he will find his niche mm. that's, that's good
0: advice um so alexander from slough has got in touch and asks um who your sporting influences were um when you're rowing competitively so i know we were talking about kind of influencing people and you talked a lot about your family and people close to you but yeah was there anybody you mentioned sir steve Red, redgrave as well earlier is there yeah, anybody he's a, he's a
3: bit of a legend isn't he really? <laughs> um yeah so i don't know i think as I said, it was the people around me. I, I'd be inspired by the people I could have conversations with in the change rooms after. So, for example, if one of my teammates had been having a really tough week and yet had pulled out a massive PB on a on a, on a test on the rowing machine,
2: mm.
3: talking to them would inspire me. Mm. So, rather than looking at the untouchables, rather than looking at the people that you you can't have a conversation with, it was always I need to be able to have this conversation and find out more. So it was people that I was around all the time. And fortunately, I was, we, we were training at Cavish and we were around people like Catherine Granger. And, mm. you know, we could have those conversations. So, yeah, it's just people that I could actually talk to and, and discover things from.
2: Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Incredible.
3: P- specific individuals. Yeah.
0: So, so we've talked a lot about your, um, your journey and kind of where, where you've kind <clears throat> of come from. But sort of moving forward a few few years, tell us tell us what you do now.
3: Oh, crikey. Yes. Um, what I do now. So I am a performance coach and motivational speaker. So mm-hmm. performance coaching, not as in sport. I really focus on helping individuals achieve their own personal performance. So that could be, you know, um, a mum who owns her own cake making business or it could be the CEO of a multinational. Um, rowing gave me the platform on which to become the best version of me to achieve something and I think everybody should have that right to be the best version of themselves and to, to help provide a bit of a platform for that to happen so I tend to I use um, psychometric profiling tools that I use from mm-hmm. Thomas International who were my employer until last year so yeah. I set up on my own and I'm also um, <clears throat> working with Another tool called motivational maps. So mm. I tend to base everything in the language of of an assessment, um, and then we sort of work from there. Okay. Whether it's working with individuals or teams or businesses as a whole, you know, how, however it works best. It, basically, for me, it's about helping people realise their potential, achieve their best performance, be able to sit back at the end of the day and go, you know what, I couldn't have done any more. Um, so that's, that's what I've been doing for the last last 12 months, really. 12, no, more than 12 months now. 14, mm-hmm. 15 months. God, it's flown mm, by. does fly
0: by. by. Does. Definitely. I can't believe we're at Christmas again, I, I have know. to say. <laughs> I, know. I know.
1: So the, the motivation piece is really interesting, I think, Naomi. And what, why is that important in business to understand, to get under the skin of... Because it can be a bit of a buzzword, motivation. Mm, so why is it important to get under the skin of what motivates
3: because everybody's motivated slightly differently. Mm. There are themes that people have, you know, that that they might be motivated by that that want to move up the ladder in their organisation to be able to afford to go on holiday to these amazing places. To be And there's nothing wrong with that. There are people that are motivated by getting that praise and recognition for what they've done. There's nothing wrong with that. There are people mm. that are motivated by just being an absolute expert in what they do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own their own thing that lights their fire Mm. Um, and helping them understand that allows employers and individuals to make sure they put the things in place that give them that light that fire that that spark is there if you don't have that then you're not going to be engaged in what you're doing so if you can Mm. use different assessments and tools to be able to bring a language to it then that's a really, really good way to, to, I suppose, teaching people how to light their fire. I guess, yeah. and yeah. I guess,
0: like you say, everybody's different. Everybody's so what different. might motivate me will be different for you. Yeah. Will be different for you, Lindsay. Mm. So it's and none of them so, are wrong. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. absolutely valid, and yeah.
3: they're all our own, our mm-hmm. own thing. Yeah. That's just having that power of the, the, the sort of the power of understanding and also the self awareness. Mm. But then along with that comes the the ability to acknowledge that somebody else's fire is lit differently to yours. It needs mm. different fuel mm. to you and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: What's the What's the one mistake that maybe you made when you are setting up your business? You mentioned you, you'd done so about 14 months ago. What's the one thing that you wish in hindsight um, you'd maybe done differently?
2: Oh,
3: that's a good one. <laughs> um, so I kind of touched on it earlier. Don't think you can do it all on your own.
2: Mm.
3: You know, ask ask people, talk to people. People have got a lot more time, energy and care to give than you realise sometimes. You've just got to ask for it. Yeah. And I think the other thing um, for me is just that, is that that self-belief. You know, it took me a long time because I started just focusing on the motivational speaking and then through having a conversation and a few glasses of wine um, with her fellow <laughs> we'll networker <last> time. <laughs> <clears throat> um it, it, she she said to me because she said at the beginning of the night oh, I'm going to go and see this coach about because I'm feeling really demotivated at the moment and we're chatting about that and I just did my automatic thing that I do and I started asking questions and she was like I feel so much I don't need to go and see, I feel so much better now why aren't you focusing on this as your primary primary part of your business and I went uh because I don't have a I I don't know that I know what I'm doing she said of course you know what you're doing you've just gone and done it without realizing it you can do it standing on your head and I think quite a few people said that to me over the over the months and I didn't really do anything about it and then that conversation with her and she was like right you need to bang 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 go go do it Mm -hmm. and I went and did it and felt so much better for it I finally felt like I had that direction that I needed yeah um, cause I felt like I'd been sort of floating around and thinking something might happen at some point, And now I'm in a position where I know exactly what I have to offer. I know the value I can bring mm-hmm. and I can talk about that more confidently. Whereas okay. it's harder when you're just looking at speaking. Yeah. Well, if I go and stand in front of your company and talk for an hour, mm-hmm. what value do I bring? I mm-hmm. found it really hard to be able to actually articulate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a coach, primarily, I find it a lot easier to articulate my value to a business. Yeah.
1: Of course. That's brilliant. And isn't that interesting? That really links back to what we're saying about the go giver. Mm. You know, you sat, you had a glass of wine or three, yeah. and, and <laughs> you, you gave to them and they gave back to mm. you. And look at how it's transformed exactly. Perfect where you are example. now. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, love it. That's love it. fantastic. What an incredible story from Naomi. You are such an inspiration. It's such Thank a you. joy to have you in the studio with us but now we're going to play some more music. So you've chosen another track for us today. So tell us what this one is and what it means to you. So it's um Hall of Fame so Scripts and Will
3: I Am. Um it's a couple of reasons. This was around a lot in 2012 and I was entered into the London Youth Games Hall of Fame because I swam then when I was younger and this music was on. But also If any of you have a moment, I'll try and explain this really quickly, look up the official video on YouTube and watch it because it is the most beautiful video of two people from very different backgrounds failing at what they're trying desperately to do and getting the support they need and actually succeeding and becoming incredible. One of them's a ballet dancer, one of them's a boxer. It's the most beautiful music video and I think it it resonates with me and it really kind of yeah symbolises all the things that
1: I feel like I've done. Incredible! What a great reason. So here we are, Hall of Fame by the script. Yeah,
2: you can be the greatest. You can be the best You can run the mile, you can walk straight through hell with a smile. You could be the hero you can get the gold. Breaking over, make the sleep, I never could be broke. Yeah, do it for your people, do it for your pride. You're never gonna know if you never even try. Do it for your country, do it for your name. Cause there's gonna be a day when you you're
0: Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Sophie Comas and Lindsay Wright on the River Radio Let's Talk Business show. Thank you so much for listening in today. Today we're joined by the brilliant Naomi Riches Paralympic Rower. We've already learned about Naomi's journey to her gold medal and some of the challenges she faced along the way. Don't forget, if you've missed part of today's show, you can listen again via the website river.radio or as a podcast via Alexa, Apple or Google. And of course, if you would like to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today, please drop us an email to sophie at river.radio. There are so many lessons that, as a small business owner, we can learn um, from sport, Naomi. Um, so, in your, your view, I mean, you've touched on quite a few things mm-hmm, I think yeah. earlier around mindset and performance and that kind of thing. But, in your view, what are the what are the skills that um, have really kind of, I suppose, transferred over from the, your sporting achievements into the into the business
3: world? There are so many things, um, but I think one of the key things for me is understanding your purpose um, hmm. because. You know, as I found that I was kind of floundering around a little bit. You know, twelve months ago, um, ten months ago, even thinking I'm not quite sure of my direction. And as I explained, sort of in the last last section about finally finding that direction, Mm. and that's what I had. As I again said earlier on, 2005, I knew I had seven years, one month, and 28 days until the start line of the Paralympic Games, which I needed to be on. And that's a Blooming big goal and that's a very Mm. long way away and an awful lot happened between you know then and then but having understanding that purpose is so important Mm. and it may change Mm. understanding what your goal is understanding not you know you've got where you want to go to you know what you want it to look like yeah but you don't always know the the route you're going to go to get there and it's like a jungle gym and a playground you know there are gazillion ways up across and down and you could do it differently every time.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Cause I, I, it, yeah, it's exactly. exactly yeah, I, I love that because that is so true. I think from the conversations I have with a lot of small business owners, it is around being very clear mm. on the direction, what you're trying to achieve and actually yeah. measuring success. I mean, I love, I love that kind of parallel between the sporting and the yeah. business world. The, the, the success was you made it to the games. You, yep. you achieved your objectives, which mm. were, were amazing. So I love, I love that parallel. But
3: I didn't think about it every day. You know, because there were lots of things I needed to do in between one and the other to, to be mm-hmm. able to get there. And sometimes I thought it's out of my reach. I can't possibly get there. And other times I thought, right, I've got this. I can do it. Mm-hmm. And you go through those days and you go through those months and those years where it goes up and down and all over the place. But if you can identify where you want to go and what your purpose is, I suppose your why. the mm-hmm. Why behind everything you're doing, you know, and then what what you're doing. Um, is is obviously really important and how you do it is really important but understanding the why and where you want to get to.
0: There's a great um, TED talk actually by Simon Sinek. Um, Mm,
3: Yeah the golden circle (laughs) isn't it?
0: Yeah Yeah. it's um, find your why and it it is um, you know it is really yeah it is a direct direct kind of parallel into the business world as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah absolutely and just linking to that Naomi, just in the work that you're doing now um, and some of the challenges you're finding with your clients mm. and businesses, how are what, what are they doing to to try and manage this and manage the motivation mm. levels and, and manage this purpose when we're working remotely and yeah. hybrid and the world is upside down again? What are you finding in, in your business? I'm finding that actually businesses are realising now that
3: they've had you know, 12, 14, 15 months where they haven't used their training budget or they haven't used mm. all these different things and they actually want to maybe not all businesses and I'm sure there'll be people that are listening that go not the case necessarily but there are businesses that are really focusing on their people and realizing that their people need a bit of TLC yeah everyone needs a bit of TLC at the minute yeah Yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna (laughs) yeah they're gonna spend their money on doing something for their their people Mm. because they want to bring their people back in to the business be that you know coming back into the office or however however they want to a lot of people have been restructuring and doing all sorts of things over mm. the last 18 months um but reconnecting with the people in their business is something that people seem to be or businesses seem to be focusing on quite a lot and having that ability to to look at the self awareness look at the individuality look mm. at the personality not just you know i haven't just got that my head of marketing and i haven't just got my you know finance director i've got human beings that yeah. I need looking after yeah. and yeah. I need to understand them better and the way I'm going to do that is by mm. bringing in somebody like Naomi to work with them and you know, mm. build the trust back because yeah. maybe we've lost that because we've been working remotely and we haven't been communicating mm. as much as we you know so there's so many so many different strands mm. to it really
0: yeah. I, I love that and i'm really encouraged actually to hear you say that there are businesses investing in that because mm. i think given the experiences we've all had over the last what nearly two years and it seems to be continuing God, with years. recent Oof. announcements yeah i know um that actually it's really encouraging to hear that you're you're coming across businesses that are investing in their people in that way because i think there's lots of certainly restructuring certainly reconsidering mm. how the office space works you know mm. you no longer need a desk per person. And yeah. actually, does it become more about breakout spaces and meeting rooms where you've got opportunities for teams to come together? You know, you mentioned the hybrid way of working, mm. Lindsay, and I think people are taking the time to reevaluate what's important to them. Yeah. You know, there's talk about the great resignation, isn't there? That mm. I think I was reading yesterday about a quarter of a people, I see different statistics, a quarter of a pe- of people, or certainly a large proportion of their workforce are thinking you know actually do i still want to work for the the Mm. company i'm working for Mm. actually do they match my values are Mm. they doing their bit for the environment are they investing in me Mm. um and sort of and really reconsidering the way Mm. forward and it's
3: it's funny how because thomas international did had had a restructure (coughs) last year and i was i was quite happy to say i was made made redundant because I'm very much a hands-on wanting to do the client development mm. and they, would, they were moving away from that model, which was fine. And my values and what I bring didn't sit with what, where they wanted to go as a business. But it forced me to to think about it and think mm. about what how else I could tap into my values and what mm. I love doing. And funnily enough, I'm still working with Thomas, with their clients, the clients that want the more hands-on. Yep. I'm now working with through Thomas to, to do that stuff. So mm. I've not lost that connection. I'm just yeah. working with them differently. Yeah. And it's it, it's funny how things just, sometimes you have got to go with the flow, so you've got to understand your purpose and where you want to go, but sometimes you've got to let River Radio, you've got to let the river take you sometimes and, <laughs> yeah. and trust it you do, a little yeah. bit because it knows its path. Mm. Um, God, there's a there's a strange analogy I've never come up with before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you just got to trust mm. that flow and just and just go
1: with it and see what happens. And and you've got to spot the opportunities when yes. they land in your lap Absolutely. and just see them as that. And yeah. and my dad used to always always say, you know, you can take a sideways move to go upwards. It, it doesn't have to. You know, no, you can yeah. move all over. And he used to. He was a civil servant. Used to talk about how some of his best moves were sideways yeah. because you learn mm. different things it's like that different jungle people. gym again. Yeah, yeah. get you a know? different
0: perspective yep. on things so yeah, it, really sure. yeah. it
1: really is it really is okay so uh we're coming to the end of the show um so just before we close massive thank you to Naomi it's been so fab to have you in the studio with us today so thank you for joining us nice
3: to join you great questions from the listeners as well
1: (laughs) really good oh yeah we've we've got a a good (laughs) audience um it's been great to hear all about your inspirational career journey and and to learn about just some of the challenges and and some of the great stories so just very quickly if somebody wants to work with you what's the best way for them to reach out to you reach out to
3: me on linkedin is the best way to do it so just just type in my name and my my picture will be there um and uh yeah just get in touch direct
1: message me and i will get back to you perfect that's great and so next week we continue to focus on small businesses we have david williams from power of one fitness joining fiona and i to talk about staying in shape and well-being over the festive period so i look forward to that he's a good guy
2: Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. great. <laughs> he's great.
1: Yeah. And Sophie, you'll be back on the 15th of I December. Will.
0: Yes, I think with uh, with in full festive spirit, I think. I think Christmas
1: jumpers and mince pies are, are, are very much in order. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so if you have any questions about today's show or you'd like to ask us anything, then please do email sophie at river.radio. And of course, if you've missed part of the show, you can listen again via the website, river.radio, or as a podcast via Alexa. Apple or Google. A couple of shows coming up uh, that you might want to listen to. We've got Jenny with Let's Do Lunch tomorrow lunchtime and we've got Rani on Sunday morning. So I think that's it from me. Thank you very much, Naomi. Thank you for having me. Great (laughs) to see you again, Sophie. You too. I look forward to seeing you on the 15th. And we will see you next week.